and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Brandon. And I'm your co-host, Ian. This podcast was created to provide you with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, <laughs> but neither are the D&D games. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yeah, that's right. Your roles are like a bitch-and-ass combo. That'll, that, that'll work. Combo breaker! Lawsuit! Uh, we got a really great show for you guys today. Um, but, be- oh, shit. but before we get into all that, we like to start off every show on a high note, and we do that by giving away fat loots, compliments of our sponsors. <laughs> Each episode, we will draw one lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the five-star rated adventure, oh, Banquet of the Damned, compliments of Goblin Stone. Goblin Stone is a community project for D&D fans based out of the UK. They aim to be a place where you can team up with professionals to turn your ideas into high-quality products and give every fan a chance to get published. Be sure to head over to www.goblinstone.com or you can check out our fellowship link on our website, www.critacademy.com. Ian, who's our winner? Our winner today is Mr. Whittaker2468. Who do we appreciate? <laughs> what the we are fuck so much ever. <laughs> um, we'll well, fix them post. My, my, my plan <laughs> is to have Brandon in charge of that stuff, but I got to get him a laptop. I should have that stuff ready. You're going to be running all this stuff because clearly I am not qualified. We are so doomed. <laughs> that's what I said. Nah, Maybe we shouldn't go live. That could be on time. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> so congratulations, Mr. Whitaker2468. If you enjoy the adventure, please make sure to leave Goblin Stone a review and tell them Crit Academy sent you. We got a really great show for you guys today. Um, our Let's Talk About Blank segment is an amazing story about how awesome teachers truly are. Our main topic today is Wombo's Guide to Combos from our boys over at the D&D Character Lab. Wombo Combo. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. And of course, we have our Unearthed Tips and Tricks, where every week we bring you new and reusable material for you to bring with you on your next adventure. That includes monster variants, character concepts, DM tip, player tip, magic item. We've got it all here at Crit Academy Studios, so come on down and check us out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but before all that, we spend a few that, that minutes. That's very wheel of fortune of you. <laughs> well, it's Holy Humor Sunday next Sunday, so we're doing uh, we're doing um, game show theme. So I get to be Bob Barker. I'm really excited. Um, the I price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So I'm really excited for that. God, but... I hate that Bob Barker. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the one who thought about Happy Gilmore. <laughs> So, um, but before all that, we like to talk about a little bit of what's going on in our realms. Brandon, what's going on in your realm? Uh, quite quite a bit. Um, I got my hair cut. Nice. Oh, I just thought it fell out. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, just magically fell out. Yeah, I got rid of the tail. I'm going to grow it all back out evenly and stuff. It looks good. I like it. Um, I spent, was it Saturday or? No, it was Friday. I was here at the uh, yeah. studio doing a bunch of drawings. I made... 30 variations of that d20 so there's there's a lot to choose from for you guys 
You know what's hilarious is I have been bugging him about that forever. I still haven't looked at the art. <laughs> really? Fail. <laughs> I haven't had time, dude. I'm so busy. Fail. And there's two other things. Uh, oh, come on, man. They don't want your whole life story. Just what's current. <laughs> uh, Art-wise, you prick. Jeez. <laughs> I love In this. celebration of going live to everybody, I wanted to make a limited edition item to sell to our fans. Dur-dur-dur. And that's going to be Rubik's Cubes with that D20 that I was talking about. That design on it, and our logo will be on it too. And whenever you get one, you're going to get a tutorial made by me to show you how to solve it and everything. It's going to help us out. And that was just kind of an idea I wanted to have. It's neat. And the other one was on Friday, we had a patron, Cody? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. you got to give me more detail than that. I don't know what you're talking about. The, D, Cody. It, it, it's, it's patron Cody, but I don't know what his name is on Discord. I forgot. <laughs> sorry, sorry, bro. But uh, you're paying to hang out with us. But by the way, I don't know who you are. I, I had asked people to try and attend to attend the stream so I could figure out what they want. What do you guys want to right, see right. in my store to buy? And he mentioned a few things like dice bags and such. I'm pretty sure Rubik's Cube wasn't on that list. He said that he would buy one. What? He said he'd buy one if I made him. So. Well, yeah. you know what? I owe you an apology because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I said, "Ain't nobody gonna want that shit." <laughs> I, I I told my my father and my mm. aunt about it, and they're like, "Really? And it's supposed to support the show?" I said, "Yeah." Well, you got two more customers. We'll buy one too. It's like, no shit. That's great. <laughs> you know, if you can convince <laughs> so I'm rubbing our book, I'm rubbing this. Shit. Well, they don't play D and D, so <laughs> do they solve Rubik's cubes? They no. do now. <laughs> I'm sure it's just going to sit on their desk for the rest of but the day. But, but that that could be a you know a, a little thing to sit on your desk, I guess, like a bobble. <laughs> Maybe. And the other thing he brought up was a DM screen. It's something that he would like to see is a Create Academy DM screen. That would be good. That's a good idea. And yeah. the problem is that I can't find a place that mass produces these things. But I did find a website that mass produces game boards. Okay. All right. So you design a game board like a uh, DM screen? Yes, I sent them the dimensions of what the DM screen is. Then it can be printed on both sides. So I would need your help to figure out what we'd want to put on the DM's side of the screen. Yeah, yeah I've got I've got that covered. Because there's a lot of good things that can be put on there. But I got the art already. I'm just waiting to see how much it costs to get 50 units going. Because it is a bulk buy company. Yep. That's fantastic. Got a lot of good things on sale, stranger. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really about it with me. Ian, what about you? Oh, I had a crap ton of stuff going on today, and I got no sleep because of it. Um, <laughs> spent time with the family over in St. John's, had some dinner. Yeah, it's uh, Easter as of this recording, yeah. like Easter Day, and we still have somebody joining us. And I actually had to also serve on tech team for both services as a result, and I also had a few other things going on, which means no sleep, which means I'm really worried about my shift tonight at work. <laughs> Oh. Lots of caffeine will be flowing. <laughs> you know what? I won't tell nobody if you fall asleep. Caffeine in my coffee. Caffeine, <laughs> caffeine. Very in cool. my mountain. Ooh, caffeine. <laughs> and the uh, most recent Overwatch event started. That was kind of a fun scenario, even though it's not the as good as it was the past couple of years. But it was all fun. Lots of like uh, stuff to download. So, And um, Justin, what's going on in your life? My dog's a fucker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So Always. we had a really long day on Saturday. My wife's part of choir, and we did Good Friday service, and then we went out to, to for drinks and stuff afterwards, and we get home, and it's around 11.30, and my dog has got into his medicine and ate all the pills. So we had to call poison control, then we had to go to the emergency vet clinic, and 
Little bastard has no idea he did, probably could have killed himself. But and, and you also mentioned that the pills were sealed inside the. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, they were. They were in a container. Yeah. Um, and it just it was a terrible, terrible, and frightening experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure who's dumber, uh, Buck or my uh, ex's Shih Tzu. <laughs> definitely Buck. Buck. I, is, I don't know. He is. He is so incompetent. I love him. He's um, but he's obnoxious and stupid. There was one time where I threw a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. And it went on the coffee table, and the chizzy ran towards it, tried to jump up on the coffee table, and started whining. He could not reach the ball. <laughs> Even though all, all he had to do was walk around. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I don't know. Um, so, it was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a scare. Um, uh, on a lighter note, um, so our, our recent release, our Path of the Barbarian, is like three sales away from Silver. Bestseller. Ooh. That was fast. Yeah, it came out Friday, <laughs> right? Did That's, it come out Friday? Um, out, was it Friday or last Friday? Last Might Friday. Have been last Friday. Last, last Friday. Friday. Um, that's amazing. Um, I've already written a new, um, a new uh, archetype. It is called the War Chanter, the College of the War Chanter, um, and I have people play testing it and helping me review it right now. So I'm really excited for that. I think that'll do it for in the realm. Brandon, if they'd like to visit other realms, how can they do so? The black hole. The fuck? I don't know. Uh, you mean the could... Eye of Sauron? Sauron? Yeah, I saw that meme too. <laughs> I saw a lot of memes. Uh, you can visit our website at uh, CritAcademy.com, and there we'll have a link to Audible, which if you click that, you'll get a 30-day 30 30 day free trial and a free ebook if you subscribe to Audible. If you do it through our website, though, we get stuff. Stuff, 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 stuff. Yeah, um, it actually, <laughs> of all the things that we get sponsors for, that gives us the biggest turnover. It takes two people to give us a couple bucks. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, definitely, if you're ever been interested, once you sign up for it, you can cancel your subscription and you still get to keep the book indefinitely without a charge. And they give us a few bucks, so that's a good way to support the show because um, it literally doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> <laughs> but um definitely check that out uh my buddy was talking about he started the uh the brandon series uh brandon uh, brandon sanderson's um misborn series so i just finished it so i went and bought the audiobook for or got the audiobook for his um uh, way of kings even though i've already read the book oh my god that is if you've ever wanted a journey into another realm the brandon sanderson's way of kings will knock your fucking socks off God, I love shard blades and plate and shit. Tate says he bought us a table sponsorship at ArcadeCon. Oh, that's nice of you. ArcadeCon. He did. I was actually talking about him. Um, I guess I can bring that up real quick, too. Um, as of <laughs> this recording, I've purchased our tickets to ArcadeCon uh, in November 11th. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I, I assume they'll have walk-ins for those people that missed the Kickstarter, but the Kickstarter was fully backed, which ensures the event's going to happen. Uh, Ed, you are amazing. You, uh, you got us a table sponsorship. That is, impressive. uh, you know what he might, that's, that's, that's kinder than I, I even have words for man. Um, he says badges are available now. Oh, you can get badges too, right so. badges yep. right yep. now. So um, when I get a chance, uh, I'll add that to the show notes. Now I don't know too much about like business literature and stuff like that. What exactly is a table sponsorship? Uh, there's a table with our name on it. <laughs> there's usually like a, a our logo or something right in the middle. There's more. He's got more details than I do because I kind of glossed over that. The, I, the good thing is, though, when it comes out or when it, we in November, we all have GM badges, so we'll be running games. Yep. 
I'm curious which games I'll be running. <laughs> you run, you get to run whatever you want. So, well, part of it, th- that was like, I actually participated in a Kickstarter for an RPG, so I'm just curious, will it be? <laughs> will I have it by post. then? <laughs> the, uh, the GM tickets requires to run a two-hour game, or two sets of two-hour games, but we could also run our podcast, and that'll count as one of the sessions. So we could, in theory, do a live show from the convention. Now, I don't know how difficult that would be. I don't know that I want to lug a bunch of shit around. Well, we saw how well that worked out that last time we tried to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Wait, you talking about that shooter? Yeah. That was great. That worked amazingly. It was great until we ran out of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one, yeah, we, I, don't think we'll, I don't think we would be as much on a time crunch. True. And so for, the, for this one, we can ask for a two-hour spot because that's how long our show usually takes. Yeah, and we're pretty good about keeping it within that time frame. So. True. Um, very rarely do we actually go over that. But uh, anyways, so moving on to our uh, Let's Talk About Blank segment. This is an absolutely awesome post that I found on uh, Twitter. Um, it's been blowing up Reddit. It comes from uh, Redditor slash Tom underscore Snow. I got a time out for a sec. Jesse found this post, and she told me about it. She's like, hey, you should talk about this on the show. And I looked at it and said, I guarantee you Justin already found that. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a really cool idea. So I think this is fantastic. So um, the title is Interesting Thing Happened After My Game Today. I run a D&D club in my school that sees all types of students from sports kids to theater kids and the AP to special ed. The school is predominantly Hispanic and one student comes to me explaining how how she was really quiet during the game because she didn't know how to say certain phrases in English. I thought about this for a second and asked her questions about her elf elf fighter's background, and she said that she was a noble high elf, and I suggested that, well, as part of her background, her family didn't allow her to learn common, which explains why she only knows how uh, only knows uh, broken phrases. broken phrases of common or quote unquote English. I then proposed to the game if we made Elvish Spanish so that she can express questions in the game in Spanish and have one of our half-Elven or Elven Spanish speakers ask the question in English to the group so that I'm helping my student learn English while also giving them something unique and special about their character. Ah, muy bien, señor. Tengo gato los pantalones? Sí. Sí, señor. The last thing I want is a kid thinking they cannot play because of language barriers. This is a game for everyone. I thought this was absolutely amazing. Not only did he find a solution to a problem that I have no doubt is common. Absolutely is common. Especially when you have uh, so so such a diverse uh group of people especially for example here in 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 america i think it was clever to to make it in such a way though i think it's hilarious that as the spanish speaker if you're just talking down to everyone using common or uh, that speak common because your family thinks that is such a vulgar and demeaning language to speak (laughs) but um i think this was clever and ingenious in I cannot imagine how happy this must have made that player. What do you guys think? That was a very nice post. I just... A, like you're saying, an inclusive player. I'm sure they got a huge ego boost from that in many good ways. And it, they also managed to, in a way, make the game educational. Right. And, and that's that's huge. I mean, by default, it comes with its own its own stuff. But this was in a way that... 
really it's interesting and, and Tate actually talks about this a little bit in his comment in the comments that it also helps the other players learn a little bit of Spanish in the process, which I think is fantastic. So it's a learning experience in both directions. And if there's one thing that I love more than anything, it's utilizing the amazing platform of D&D to help educate people and reach out and bring them together. Right, because this is uh, also a common case in Lost in Translation, because we see this all the time in uh, pop culture, like with anime. There's kids out there who don't take Japanese classes, but they can speak Japanese because they watch so damn much anime. <laughs> Yeah. I wish. I know I know <laughs> a few things from watching it. Like, Nani means I'm fucked! Or what? No, it's Nani is what? Yeah, what? I know, but usually they only say it when they're about to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and so for a long time, that's what I thought it was. So, when you watch Judas Bizarre Adventures. <laughs> oh, man, that's such an awesome anime. Okay. My buddy's got me hooked on that. Another good example is if you, like, listen to Rammstein a lot, uh, you, you learn German. Ger- you learn a bit of German from it. Du hast mich gefragt. Du hast mich gefragt. Du hast mich gefragt. Und uns den nicht gesagt. I don't know how close that is. It's been so long. Not at all. Is it really that far off? <laughs> Whatever. I mumble through it. Anyways, so yeah, I agree. This is fantastic. And what a, what a thing to do. So kudos to you, Tom Snow. Jon Snow? I was going to say, isn't there like, is there a bad main character, a bad guy named Jon Snow? No. no I, I don't a, watch it. So there's a know good character named Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Ed loves my corrective action. <laughs> so, those of you that can't see the live stream yet, we have. Uh, so, oh. in order for us all to see the see, yeah. I've got a projector that's uh, projecting our our stream onto the screen in front of us. So we can all see the text. And there's a problem with that. It points right towards the camera. So, I used an overlay of our most recent product, the Path of the Barbarian. Not only as a promotional piece, but to also block the light. <laughs> so Tate says, I just noticed the path of the brawler is an overlay blocking the projector beam. Outstanding corrective action. Well, that's what I do. Uh, also, literally. I also like to say, yeah, it's a cool idea, but it's kind of false advertising. Why is it false advertising? <laughs> because it's not print on demand. <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> we got, Which is weird, we because Drive RPG runs TM's guild. Different teams. Got a Doesn't change the four real books and a JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh looks really nice though do you guys like the new layout yeah it looks, yeah it looks you notice awesome. every time you come here it looks a little different and a little better i also notice it's a little crooked what my fucking floor is crooked asshole then you should take one of those books and put Ooh. it under the table <laughs> i'm not gonna think, <laughs> god damn it uh i still like the idea of okay. getting the uh oh, tips and tricks book uh, poster no, and putting it up there actually the glow is to highlight the path of the brawler Oh, nailed it. <laughs> uh, all right, fuck. Uh, we've derailed a little bit. So, um, you think? So, uh, moving on to our main topic, we have the Wombo's Guide to Combos from our boys over at D&D Character Lab. Can I say that this amazing product is a dollar and is an Electrum bestseller? That's fantastic. Kudos to the guys over at D&D Character Lab. I got you a dollar. Have so, you tried using Wombo? <laughs> So, Ian, <laughs> what uh, what is Wombo's Guide to Combos? Well, basically, it's how characters in the party can double-team enemies. And that, that's pretty much what this is in the nutshell. I've yeah, it, it's, it, it's a collection of optional rules to put your heads together to unleash the power of teamwork. It's the, the subtitle. And as we said before, it's an, it's an electrum bestseller. 
and it is uh, delivered from the point of view from the two-headed ogre, Wamzo and Buffo, or Wombo as they go by. I, and I thought that <laughs> was so clever because it fits the entire theme. As, so as you're reading through this, these two people, these this ogre, this two-headed ogre is talking to himself and kind of like going into the description. He, you know, in one of these segments it says, Hey, Wamzo, did you know you could make these fancy boxes? Yes, Buffo, but... Those are for important information we need to highlight to the reader, not to be used frivolously. That makes sense. In another Stop box. It. Stop it. <laughs> okay. In another box. <laughs> so the whole thing is full of this. So the writing that they did is fantastic um, to get started. <laughs> this, I think this is something that players always try to want to do, right? They want to fi- You want to find a way to get them to interact. Um, but what's interesting is how they do it. They've got a very specific... Um, set up right and a few of them are class specific <laughs> yes uh, uh, class specific and like a uh, weapon i think specific on a few of them yep um or something like that so um first they basically they formatted it like a spell kind of right you've mm-hmm. got the you've got the name you've got the action time the range and then the, what they call participant a and participant b they have it broken down to by failure and success now what makes this really interesting is that resources are consumed whether you succeed or fail if you fail because both people have to pass the checks that are required in order to succeed but if you both so that instantly increases your chance of failure right yeah because it's not just one check you have to succeed it you have to succeed it too um so this makes it a very challenging trade-off but the features that they give totally make it worth it um so I've picked out a few. Ian, was there one that really jumped out at you that you thought was interesting? Yep. And that was the, let me scroll back to the very end. It was like one of the last entries. Wrecking Crew. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Wrecking Crew? It requires a barbarian and another melee combatant. Bonus action, range of 10 feet. The barbarian uses reckless attack. It makes a DC 12 charisma check with advantage. And participant B also makes a DC 12 charisma check with advantage. If they, f- if one or both fails, both participants must make their next attack roll with disadvantage, and attacks against them have advantage, advantage until next round. That's rough. However, if both of them succeed, both participants can make their next attack with advantage, and attacks against them do not have advantage. And on a hit, the next attack for each participant deals an additional 1d6 damage of the damage type. So this is a pretty straightforward... Um uh, you're spreading your reckless feature to an ally, correct? Oh yeah. And up in the damage. Um, this is really interesting. It's like the flavor text. <laughs> <laughs> the flavor text cracks me up on some of these. Um, so basically, what you're doing is you're by spreading this feature to an ally, you're also boosting overall damage. But the risk comes at you attacking with disadvantage and the enemy is getting advantage on you. So that's a huge penalty. Yeah. So this is really something that you have to use probably when you're at full health. Well, keep in mind too, though, that the, <clears throat> by default, the reckless attack that the barbarian uses gives them advantage on their attacks, but all attacks against them has a disadvantage. So this is kind of expanding on this even more and sharing the wealth. Yeah. And I think that that's fantastic. Now there's like 25 of these things here. Yeah. Um, there's quite a list. We're probably only going to go through like uh, four or five of them. Um, that one I think is really interesting. Brandon, was there anyone that really jumped out at you? Uh, yes. I mean, I didn't look at this beforehand, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you don't say that. That's that, made that, you seem I, I so like, unprofessional. We know you're it, unprofessional. It's, it's not saying that professional. I like, I like to wing it. 
And the, why why that no, is? No, because, it's because he doesn't like to research anything. No, shut up. I'm looking through it and I see dire familiar. I'm like dire familiar. What could that be? That's so odd. And I'm looking at it and it's pretty much taking. Well, go ahead and read through it. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the action time is one hour. And the ranges touch. Participant A, cast Find Familiar and make a DC 12 charisma check. Participant B uh, has to do the same. Uh, Failure, losses spell slot, and Find Familiar cannot be used again until participants finish a long rest. Which, that kind of sucks. That's quite That's quite the... That's actually a, a reoccurring theme, is if a yep. spell slot's involved... You lose it on a fail. Yeah. Even though the spell basically is something you can't generally fail at. Yeah. But, Brandon, what is the payoff? Ian, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the payoff is... <laughs> Tate says, we already know Brandon don't look at things beforehand. <laughs> and he's like, oh, sadly true sometimes. Uh... We still love him. Yeah, I love you guys too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. usually when you go to find familiar, you don't get a a big badass no it, it, it's it's like this little little thing that can help you oh go go get that for me okay but in this uh during a success the familiar can be summoned as any beast up to challenge rating two all other aspects of familiar remain the same and can be used by either participant after a successful dc 10 check using spell casting modifier hey i now, got me a brown bear <laughs> yeah now a uh, uh, cr2 that's huge I mean, that's brown bear, that's giant elk, that is some powerful-ass <laughs> no, creatures. The, the flavor text says, it may not seem worth the risk, but imagine the barbarian's envy when you have a pet rhino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the barbarian's envy, I get that. That's very funny. I didn't, but, I didn't, he has a huge horn. Get it? Yeah. Huge horn? Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. I need ace. Ace Ventura. Oh, God. But, I mean, what, what, are, what are standard familiars that you can bring up? Like I mean, one owl. quarter, <laughs> a uh, a crow, an owl, a fucking a zero, zero actually. Yeah. Get the cat, <laughs> small ass little creatures, and then all of a sudden this bear comes out, and they're like, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a pretty potent uh, ability. Um, that reminds me of one game where we made a dru- druid summon a giant sloth so we could kill it and eat it. <laughs> oh, uh, oh. <laughs> What I think is interesting about this, though, is it's so fucked up. Um, it takes two casters that both have the fine familiar, and if you fail, you can't use the spell again for a long rest. So you get one shot um, <laughs> per day, and there's no telling how often this will fail. I do think the DC is a little low, in my opinion, because I feel like after like level like five or six, you're very rarely going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is really interesting, especially if you can summon any of the big birds. Um, what are some of the the big birds? <laughs> a grizzly in the shape and size of a chihuahua, aka known <laughs> as a mother-in-law. What? <laughs> <laughs> I have a mother-in-law. She's nice. Little ankle biters. Oh, there was one of those at Easter dinner today. <laughs> um, so this is really interesting. I like the fact that you can turn into like a saber-toothed tiger, or, or you can summon a saber-toothed tiger or rhinoceros these are strong motherfuckers and especially since those are large beasts you're also summoning a mount if you need one um which is fantastic hey i got me a pangolin a what a pangolin is that like a giant penguin <laughs> well what's the <laughs> what is that name? it's like uh it's like a uh armadillo on crack <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick that one uh there's one i want to talk about but this one's a good one too because i think everyone's wanted to, to, to try that um so uh, the other one I want, I, the one I want to touch on that I thought is awesome, it's called the Torch Ballet. 
So the torch ballet requires dancing lights and firebolts. So once again, two casters, right? It's a one-time action with a range of 120. Uh, participant A casts dancing lights and makes a wisdom saving uh, uh, a wisdom check at uh, advantage, where the DC is the participant B's spell save. So participant B casts firebolt and does a wisdom check with the advantage uh where the dc is the participant a spell save on a failure both spells have no effect and each person expends a spell slot that's terrible if you consider that those are both cantrips yeah oh that being said on a success the participants create four torch sized lights that instantly explode (laughs) each creature within five feet of any light must make a deck save where the dc is the participants uh, uh spell save or higher or whichever uh, participant spell save is higher. On a failure, the target takes two d six fire damage. So that's four. That's four flaming sphere things that explode for what a total of eight d six for the cost of two first level spell slots. Boom! If you fail, that is a hell of a, uh, a payoff. Um, the damage increases by two d six when participant B reaches. Uh, fifth level so it scales in power just like the cantrips do as the players get stronger so this is a very cool ability i think the 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 cost is minimal at a first level spell slot there's no restriction to keep casting it but it takes two people's turns to do it so i think it really kind of averages out in damage and i just love the idea you know (laughs) the flavor text is the illumination may be fleeting but the memory of cobalt screams will last forever (laughs) <laughs> support support small business, support yeah. small business. That, that's funny in, in stature i mean the tiny folk need gold too there's even a publishing company run by copalds they try so hard it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> uh cold press <laughs> oh my god you, uh, you guys are you- cobalt press <laughs> <laughs> Wait. oh my god i didn't get that you didn't realize that? <laughs> oh, my God. I went over my head. Now. <laughs> oh, my God. That is, oh, my God. Uh, Garen and Dan, you guys are fucking hilarious. I love this shit. Oh, I want to talk about pe- pangolins? These things. That's not a penguin. I said a pangolin. A pangolin? It looks like an armored, uh, I almost said armored dildo. That looks like an armadillo. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, I'm sure there's a market for those, too. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Um, uh, there was another one on here called uh, that I thought was really cool. Uh, Brandon, did you see which one it was? It was Fastball. Do you want to tell us a little it? bit about the yeah, fastball, fastball special. special? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it requires a barbarian and a rogue. The extra time is one action. Range is 30 feet. Barbarian, make a DC 15 athletics check. Rogue, make an attack roll against the target. On a failure, attack misses, and Rogue takes 2d6 falling damage. (laughs) On a success, the Rogue deals sneak attack damage, plus 1d12, plus the Barbarian's strength. I assume it's strength modifier. (laughs) Yeah, so... Probably um, the modifier. I'm gonna gonna get my... uh, (laughs) I'm gonna have my thoughts on some of that when we're done here. Um, yes. Um, so basically what, what is happening here? <laughs> oh, there's flavor text. Hefting their diminutive partner aloft, the colossal embodiment <laughs> of rage sends a dagger-wielding projectile at an unwitting target with savage accuracy. There's literally a picture of a turtle throwing a rogue like... <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, that's clever. <laughs> Fucking flying through the sky. And for those of you who didn't get this, uh, this is named after Colossus throwing Wolverine. Oh, the fastball. Oh yeah, special. that's yeah. that's in one like the fighting games and stuff, right? The colossal embodiment of rage. Oh <laughs> damn! You guys are sneaky as shit with that stuff. The <laughs> I still can't get over Cobalt Press. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah, that cracks me up. Um, this is fantastic. Um, I'm loving this. Let's pick one more. Ian, is there one more that you can you like that just uh, is awesome? I just want to point out it's kind of sad with the I'm the smart one and I'm half asleep. Oh, whatever. Well. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> He's not even denying it. I can't. I can't. I can't believe I missed the Cobalt or a press reference. That just that blows my mind. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pick this one because it's different. The uh, jam session requires Bard and participant B. Action time: short rest. Range: no bigger than the garage. <laughs> <laughs> Are you shitting me? Does it really say that? Yes. It does. <laughs> The Bard makes a DC 15 performance check with advantage. Participant B makes a DC 12 performance check with also advantage. Failure. The Bard rolls regular die for Song of Rest, and players only receive half of the healing rendered down. Whereas on the success, increase the die used in Song of Rest by one step, and D6s becomes D8s and so forth. Cool. A duet can be a wonderful th- thing. Inspiring both performers and creating something altogether new. Relish the moment. Remember how it feels. And just don't let the guy with the bongo jump and screw it up. <laughs> jump in and screw it up. That's funny. Um, so I think this is really cool. I cracked up at the no bigger than our garage. Um, this is cool because it's a utility feature. And includes somebody else because normally that's why when I pointed you, out. Yeah, normally when you you have a bard doing song arrest, they're doing. But what if you know the 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 fucking barbarian just starts you know you know and doing some beats and dropping some beatboxing or something just to add to it and granting some sort of benefit. Of course, the failure of half as much healing out your shit out of luck. It's pretty dope. What do you think, B? I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> this is really cool. I like it. I love it. I oh, want the more of it. <laughs> Speaking of jam session, improv. Um, so this this entire product is absolutely amazing. Ah. It's so much fun. There's so much uh so much to, to, to do with here. Um I do have one I love the art too. I think the art's hilarious. Um it's very cartoonish and I like that style. Um if I had one critique, it's that um some of the verbiage is not done very well. Um, that would be my only real critique. Some of the stuff doesn't fit the, the Watsy standard. Um, but it's, it's clear enough. You can figure it out, but if you're running something like this, you're probably not rules heavy anyway. No. So it's probably not a, a huge deal. I'm still amused by that cartoon change because that troll with air, arrows in both of his feet. He's got him pinned to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and his face is like, why? <laughs> he almost looks like he's, uh, crying. He's crying. Hence the why. <laughs> <laughs> um, overall, what is your guys' thoughts of this product? It definitely has some some pluses to it, and can uh, add a little bit of extra spice to the game. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think really that's the goal, right? This is definitely something be, uh, meant to be something that's fun and, and uh, to to kind of just play with a little bit um, in your games. Kind of like the yeah. uh, kind of like uh, oregano. <laughs> <laughs> what did I, say, B? I was just I, I like the idea of having team based spells. Yeah, uh, everyone's always using their own thing, but when you have something. Like high low, like that. That's just that's a team spell. It's just such a neat idea to have. 
Yeah, nobody knows what you're talking about because you didn't read the rest of it, but that's okay. It, it's a combination it's, it's 18 effect. Spells. It's a combination effect, yeah. Okay, you punch him in the face, I punch him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of reminds me of what you mentioned the Avengers earlier. You know, you've seen the thing where, you know, you've got, um, you know, uh, Captain America with a shield and and Tony Stark blasting the shield while, you know, it reflects the laser off and hits people. That's kind of what's going on here. Or a classic one in the comics that... We have not seen this in the, in the movies. Was uh, Hawkeye firing at man on the arrow? Oh, yeah. That was a really good one, too. That was in a commercial. Was that in a movie or in the commercial? Oh, it was in the movie? Was it? It's been a while. Anyway. I thought it was. I thought it. I could be mistaken. I know I know. it actually was an actual combo in the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom games. I think it's in one of the movies, too. Or it's in a commercial. Could be. But anyways, I think this is really great. I think that no, Dan and Garen, you guys did a fantastic job. It's full of the traditional hilarity that I, I've learned to come and expect from you guys. So fantastic <laughs> work. Did I mention it's a buck? It's a dollar? It's a dollar. Wow. So you can find a link in our show notes or um, uh, in, in check it out. That is Wombo's Guide to Combos. Uh, yep. Combo. They, yep, it's in the movie. <laughs> compliments of the awesome guys over at D&D Character Lab. And it's, yep. it's a what bestseller? It's an Electrum. That's Beyond Silver. Beyond Silver? But yeah. Not quite gold. For a dollar each? Yeah. Did you make it rain? <laughs> <laughs> we hope. <laughs> uh, congratulations, guys. This is an awesome, awesome product. Um, it is cool. I like it. So before we, we move on to our next segment, our Unearthed Tips and Tricks, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of our sponsor, Lorsmith. 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 They have some awesome maps, by the way. Each episode, we will draw another lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the best-selling adventure, The Claws of Madness. Compliments of Lorsmith. Lorsmith is a small indie team of creative artists who remember exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places, and meeting colorful characters along the way. They set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that pushed them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best-selling adventure is one that you don't want to miss. And their winner today is Spamager. I think it's Spam Major. <laughs> major Spam, maybe. <laughs> if it was a J, I'd agree with you. Oh, it's a G. Shit. No, as, as a mage. Mage. He's a mage. He's spamming. He's a spam major. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I don't know. Congratulations. That's classic. Wow. One button. Frostbolt, 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 frostbolt. <laughs> what are you casting him? I cast Eldritch Blast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, congratulations, Spam Major. If you enjoyed the adventure, please let Lore Smith know and leave him a review. Tater, I worked for a Major Hummer. And uh, my reply was, Resident of Staff Sergeant Max Fightmaster. <laughs> and now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment, where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Uh, awesome. So moving on to our final segment, we have our Unearthed Tips and Tricks segment. Our character concept comes from patron John Gemstone, the narrator. A bard is most known for his talents in music and charms, 
But bards are not just musicians, they are keepers of tales and teachers of legends. This takes a bard and instead of singing, he tells tales of old and compares friends to heroes. Actually, Ian, you had a really good touch on this uh, earlier. Well, I was kind of pitching it for next week, but yeah. There's a PC game called Bastion, and the way the story unfolds is the narrator goes along, and explains what's happening as it's happening. Right. And it's usually even mundane stuff. The hero wakes up in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> you just wake up with the with the, the bard standing over top of you, narrating you? <laughs> and he stares at his companion with, with a very surprised and what the crap look on his face. <laughs> this is interesting to me, um... <laughs> Because uh, I can see that if you're a very busy DM, you have a big group. If you could convince a, a, another DM to run this and narrate the stuff while you're like taking notes and mo- managing monsters, you could actually have a second set of narrative description based on this character. The ranger takes aimed off at the couple at the distance. With determination, he pulls back his his string and looses the bu- the arrow. But alas, it falls short. And the, the, <laughs> the ranger turns says, "It's because you keep talking to my ear." <laughs> <laughs> and the kobold points back and goes, "Ha ha." <laughs> Anyways, I think that's a great idea. Um, I think that if you could, if you, especially if you got a big group or you've got a, a DM that's not great at narrating, but you got a player that's great at narrating, and you can have them run a character concept like this and actually help the game along while you're doing other things, and I think that's fantastic. The feat you're about to try reminds me of the might of Morg the Mighty. He did it way better. <laughs> <laughs> um, the narrator idea, I think, is fantastic. I think it could be a lot of fun. I do recommend giving it a shot, especially if you're an inexperienced DM who's got a DM as a player. I think that would be a great, great opportunity to run that and get the most out of it. He takes the bread and he breaks the bread and he says, this is my bread. I'm going to break your bones if you take it. <laughs> It's Easter, so I had to make a reference. This is my body broken for you, but actually your body will be broken if you take it from me. (laughs) This wine, it will be the blood of your guts if you touch my shit. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, that'll do it for our character concept, the narrator. Take this wine out, this is my blood. Do not ask for more because I don't have any more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, 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 I won't yeah. be able to stand up. The adventurer strays <laughs> through town. Who are you? He stares around quizzically at his surroundings and those around him. Why are you following me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. funny. That'll do it for our character concept, the narrator. Thank you, John. <laughs> our monster variant today is the young phoenix. The origin is the rock flame form the phoenix can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing a creature that touches the phoenix or hits it with a melee attack while within five feet takes oh it actually is a more than kind fire damage (laughs) yeah it takes uh if it's within five feet or attacks it it takes 2d8 fire damage in addition the phoenix can enter a hostile creature's space and stop there i do see two step by for an adult phoenix and young phoenix (laughs) fuck I'm double-checking the actual book and making sure it's not homebrew. <laughs> you gonna go get the book? It's right there in that pile, right? No. Dang it! It's in my truck. Don't worry about it. It's ah! fine. Uh, actually, this is a phoenix for people who don't have Mordenkainen's then. How's that? Uh, anyways, <laughs> goddamn it. Uh, the first time a creature enters the space, uh, that turn, it takes 2d8 fire damage. Uh, so, uh, Death Burst. 
When the phoenix dies, it explodes. Each creature within 30 feet of it makes a DC 17 dexterity saving throw, taking 27 or 68 fire damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The explosion destroys the phoenix, but leaves behind a tiny warm egg. The egg contains an embryo of a new phoenix. It hatches in when it is in the area of effect of a fireball, or if the egg is placed in the center of an active volcano. When it hatches, the egg releases a new phoenix that appears in the egg space. What do you guys think about this monster? I think I spelled phoenix wrong. I did. Pahonix. I think you fight it, let it kill itself, take the egg, and then raise it as your own. <laughs> well, I assume that's kind of what people would try to do. <laughs> I think as a DM, this would be fun because then I could just constantly send merchants after him trying to buy the shit. <laughs> just offering them grand and grand and grander rewards till they go to they go to hatchet and they can't find any way to actually do it. I mean, how many of people are going to be carrying this into an exploding battle, you know? <laughs> like, can't find somebody that actually tells them how to hatchet, but everyone's trying to buy it from them. <laughs> it's even better. Uh, uh, what, what was it? It was the Wrath of the Dragon Queen. We were playing that, and there was a big bad guy, and he was about to throw fireball. Uh-huh. And you even described described it to us because... You imagine that we all knew what Fireball looked like. He was preparing. He's like, he's getting ready to use Fireball. <laughs> I can imagine one of us having that and going, wait! Run over to the bad guy and says, hold that. <laughs> and they run away. Okay, go ahead. That's okay, funny. it's just a Phoenix. Just plain old Phoenix. What level? 16. What the Yes! Fuck? That means my young Phoenix is a lower late. I nailed it! I guess so. I saw oh, it was a homebrew, which is why I was double checking. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so anyways, I really like this monster. I love stuff like this. There's not enough uh, really cool flying things like this that I really like. So um, and once again, it wasn't in the two books that I was reading, so I decided to make one. Uh, that'll do it for our monster variant, uh, the Young Phoenix. Origin is the rock. The encounter of the podcast is Mistaken Identity. Ian, why don't you tell us about this bad boy you've made? Uh, well, I totally ripped it off from One Piece, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you might want to edit that part out. Maybe. Why? It doesn't matter. Okay. We, I take inspiration from you, Hawker Show, all the time. I've literally made magic items after the characters. Good point. I call you out on that all the time. Yeah. Ed <laughs> says, uh, sounds like Dragon Eggs from Game of Thrones. I have not seen game or read Game of Thrones. So. Side note, on Ch- Com- Comcast, at least, they're having what, seasons one through six on demand for free right now. I thought you uh, I thought you were going to bring me season one. No. Uh, that's the only thing they got, though. <laughs> Dragon Eggs were hatched through a trial of fire. Mm. Uh, so. well, let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Comcast on what? It, on demand. I don't have Comcast. Hi, fourth watcher. I see you in there. Woo-hoo! Somebody joined. Okay. Welcome to today's the encounter. Sorry, we're almost done. <laughs> today's encounter. What? Mistaken identity. If a player in the party is wanted, but they happen to have a uh, picture on the bounty poster, but ha- that happens to look nothing like them, it can potentially down the line cause some confusion. For example, one way is an, an NPC where you guys are adventuring out of the blue, so he attacks the party, and in particular is out for blood on the guy who was on the poster. It turns out he happens to look just like the drawing on the bounty poster, and he's sick of bounty hunters coming after him all the freaking time. <laughs> Um, I know we've talked about this, but I don't think it's ever been an encounter. Uh, I think this is hilarious because I was wa- <laughs> I was watching a, a newsreel where the newscaster <laughs> was put up a wanted drawing of a guy uh, that they were looking for, and it looked just like him. <laughs> he's like, "Yes, you're gonna want to keep an eye out. He's about this high. Um, he's got you know." And the picture shows up, and it's literally the newscaster. 
Whoops. Um, I think this is fun. This could be a really cool thing for your DM to to, to play around with. Um, and it's it's really something that, depending on how uh, what type of background, yep. um, you could even do this as a character concept. Yeah. Or you can spin this in the other direction, and your character looks like the yeah. guy in the body post, even though it's not him. So there's always people just showing up looking for him. That's kind of what I was getting with that. I think it yeah. would be a lot of fun because... Um, like he'd be sitting in the bar and like five guys stand up over top of him. Hey, I'm here for that bounty on your head, boy. Not again. <laughs> the player's like, get the hell away from me. Make him a wizard. And he's just turning people to frogs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is a great character, uh, encounter idea. That's I think that, be we're going to find this guy and capture him. So these idiots stop trying to hunt me down. Then <laughs> <laughs> you get that one bounty hunter that's like super serious about his job. <laughs> and he, the whole party wakes up to find that the wizard's dead. It's like, how'd he die? There was a frog in his throat. just crawled in there last night. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's cool about this is you could do a, um, and you might have said this because I was only half paying attention because <laughs> we were laughing about something. But um, Fail. Uh, you could have it where the person hires the party, right? Is that what you're talking about? No. No. If a, So you could have it where a person is hiring the party. Hey, look. This looks like me. It's not me. Please find this guy and get get rid of him. Because I'm tired. And turn him in because I'm tired of being hunted down. <laughs> Watch it turn into an adventure. Just like, let's get rid of this guy once and for all. Yeah. Or you could spin it the other way where it is the guy and he's he's got a duplicate out there. He's like, go find this guy. And he's actually the one on the poster. <laughs> he's got a super low intelligence. Like, do you have a twin? Yeah. Why? What's the significance in that? <laughs> um, There's so many things they can do with it. Yeah, this. especially with, you know, Alter Self and Disguise Kits and all that. Polymorph. Yeah. So on and so forth. Mm. All right. That'll do it for our encounter of the podcast. Mistaken uh, Identity. Oh, Doppelganger. How did we not even touch on that? Doppelganger. Changelings. Changelings. Is Changelings in 4E or in 5E? Yeah. Are they? I feel like it. Which book? Don't remember. Yeah, I think, it's an, I think it's an Eberron. Uh, all right, so um, that'll do it for our encounter. Uh, our encounter of the podcast, Brandon. Would you like to tell us about our magic item? Okay, so I'm looking at this. Do we have two items? No. Do we? No. This week's magic item comes from us by D and D Beyond. It is called No. The... It's on D and D Beyond from this carrot person, Drushbag. Oh, his name is Drushbag. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Drush. Found on D and D Beyond from. Drushy bag, pronounced Drush bag. <laughs> That's what we were laughing at. <laughs> it is a wondrous item, and it is uncommon. A glorious fake mustache that sticks to your upper lip. The mustache compels people to compliment on its quality. But it's cursed. Whenever someone compliments the mustache, it falls off your lip. <laughs> That's a nice mustache. Uh... So... I recently, it's, uh, <laughs> I recently been poking around uh, D&D Beyond. Um, <laughs> I bought a player's handbook so I could start using it for our, our games and stuff. And I came across this thing, and I was cracking up. How much hilarity would ensue having this thing on as part of your disguise kit? <laughs> or you, the person in the disguise kit doesn't know what it is, and you put it on them, <laughs> and they go, uh, excuse me, sir, that is a nice mustache. Thank you, poop. Um, obviously th- I feel like there should be some sort of save for this thing, like, uh, a save to compel them to, uh, compliment you on its quality. But for the most part, this is definitely meant to be a fun item, purely role play, no other 
functional advantage. It, um, I say so. Mm. It should be made to the point where, like, okay, the first time it falls off, they go, oh, crap, it's cursed. It falls off when someone compliments it. And then what they should do is try to mess it up so they can't compliment it, but they can't because it always stays perfect. <laughs> Magic items are perfect. Perfect. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Uh, Droosh bag, well done. <laughs> awesome name, by the way. What a Droosh. Well, I'm pretty sure after the first failure, every time someone compliments it, he would just bring his hand and be like, oh, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's nice. And he's just sitting there keeping it on his face while he turns around and right, right. puts it back on. <laughs> Why do you uh, keep that? It's so manly. <laughs> That's nice. You look very manly with it. That's a nice mustache. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make that sound every time, too. <laughs> uh, by Joe, good sir. What a nice, fine mustache you have. <laughs> mustache. <laughs> mustache. 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 Oh, my God. Who's professional? <laughs> That'll do it for our magic item. <laughs> he didn't give it a name, but we're going to call it the Glorious Mustache. How's that? Of manliness. I've been practicing. It's getting there. Is it? <laughs> well, when you're gone, which has... Uh, uh, can I just say, I appreciate that you've been making it as regularly as you have. Okay. There was a long time where it was like throwing darts at a dartboard, whether you're going to show up or not. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, it's 6.30. I'll be expecting Brandon's text any minute now that he's not coming. Yeah, that's it's, it's been bad. Uh, but I'm, I'm speaking I'm, of which, I'm glad that you've been coming a lot. Uh oh, you can't be here next week. <laughs> I can't be here next week. <laughs> I will be in pretty rough shape next week. Uh, that's funny. Well, we have that's live those... guests. So. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to be here for that. No, the Jesse's got to go to a baby shower, <coughs> but it's like a two and a half hour drive one way. Damn. Oh, and kids. Yeah. So and you're going to stay home and be a daddy. Probably. Uh, Our Dungeon Master <laughs> tip is spell slot tokens. So this weekend I ran a game for entirely new players. Um, uh, family members had a bachelor party and he wanted to play D&D. So we introduced his brother and his friends into D&D. Oh, that's what the setup is for. And they, yeah, that's why there's stuff out as if I played a game because I did. Um, Reminds me of the IT crowd. <laughs> and Yeah, and uh, they had never played D&D and one of them was a spellcaster and he really, he was having some difficulty understanding the spell slot. Um system so it can we it many of us know as dms it can be difficult for some players to understand the consumable concept of spell slots and and how it works um especially new newer players you have a gun you have bullets but you can't reload till tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) it's it's uh, been the same i know where they're coming from because I'm terrible when it comes to spell slots and yep. spell casters. But and you it's have to not, admit, that's it, not a bad description. I just it, gave no, either. it's not. And it's a, it's oh. actually very easy. But especially older uh, or newer players in older games, you had to only use certain slots. But um, a great way to, to help them really track their slots is to use poker chips. Um, poker chips come in all different colors. So you can use different colors to represent each level, uh-huh. or you can grab a sharpie and write right on them the the spell slot number. And when they use one, they they chuck it away. Or note cards. Note cards are okay. Um, I was trying to be cooler than note cards. I'm just saying it's an option. <laughs> I mean, or Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Anytime you cast spell, you eat you, one. You, you eat one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like I can't cast spells, guys. Why? I ate all my Skittles. I think this is a relatively simple idea, but I think it's a lot of fun. Hey, Brandon, you should totally make us some custom spell slot tokens. 
You remember, uh, you remember that that ingrained uh, copying over that image? I bet we could burn images into little tokens. That would be really cool. Using a little uh, wood burner, just burn like cool little images into those little discs. Those little discs you can get from like Michaels if you can't get awesome. poker chips or Starburst. Taste the rainbows. Wait, no, Starburst doesn't taste the rainbow, is it? No. Which one? What is their motto? I want to have one. The f- such a powerful candy doesn't have a motto. Um, anyways, this is need juice. <laughs> anyways, this is a really simple technique, um, and it will be very, very valuable um, as your players are getting more and more spell slots. Because I don't know about you, but I've known several players who all of a sudden have more spell slots than they should. Has that ever happened to anybody? Happened to me. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. That was one of them. Although Man. for the you can compare some sorcery points over. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. There's people that forget you can do that shit. Yeah. Um, that's why I love my, my gun mage. It's glorious. I would love to play my own gun mage. <laughs> that's a gun, though. Yeah, the gun mage is actually what kind of helped me get into it, because I never played a sorcerer. I didn't know how uh, the source points worked. Mm-hmm. Now you do. And then when I read on onto it, and I started figuring out how you can expend a level three spell slot to gain three sorcerer points back, and then that, but you can't use that no more. And it's like, oh, that. Helps me keep track of what kind of level spell slots I have and how Technically, many. Technically, it's five po- five sorcery points for a three-level spell slot. But, yeah, you, well, you're... I have it written down for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, um, this is a really good tracking. It doesn't matter which class you are. It's a powerful tool. And it doesn't have to be just for spell slots. They can be used for other resources, bardic inspiration, rage, stuff like that. So, definitely uh, give, that, give that a shot. That'll do it for our Dungeon Master to- tip, spell slot tokens. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't don't be be a a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by sharing your secrets. Now this... I found this article by Daniel... Darren Steele. And this really jumped out at me. Your character Magos, the half-orc ranger, has fallen in forbidden love with Eltra, the elven wizard. He will never admit to loving an elf. He will bear his secrets to his grave. This is a great setup for an edgy emo character. <laughs> Epic choice, yo. <laughs> Fucking surfer. <laughs> if you protect that secret from the other players as carefully as Magos protects it from Eltra, you'll confuse everyone. The fun thing about secrets is sharing them. Keeping secrets is only fun for secret keeper, for the secret keeper. We all want the juicy gossip. We also love the dramatic irony of knowing exactly why Magos has been working so hard on mastering a simple cantrip. (laughs) Every time the rest of the party isn't around. Share your secrets with your players. When everyone is in on the fact Magos is trying to find ways to be just like Eltra and to be close to Eltra, keep the secret and your choices are weird and random. <laughs> I don't know. I can, see, I can see this one going both ways. Well, we'll, we'll touch on that. Because yeah. that's more common. I'm not saying that that's bad. But I, I, yeah. I agree with this. And I'll tell you why. He says, I encourage you to see other players uh, at the table. Not as their avatars of their characters. But as co-writers around the table. They, hopefully, want to help you reveal your secret. It's way more fun to know what's important on the deepest levels of the character, and to watch them navigate situations to challenge that. Then, for a character to be vaguely mysterious and difficult to understand. And, if your co-players are generous, they will use that meta-knowledge not to ruin 
ruin your in-game secret by having the other character suddenly know it, but to enhance the drama and fun of the game by making generous offers that play up on the secrets. Okay, guys, let's surround them. Magios, you and Eltra go to the right. We'll go to the left. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. But that, that's exactly his point, right? Is when the, the players themselves know that Magos has a crush on Eltra, the scenes can naturally be set up in such a way, just as you described, that really sets it. Oh, you only got two rooms left? Well, um, uh, Jandis and uh, Destiny will take this room, and Magos and Eltra will take this other room i mean things like that because you know it as a player really sinks into the 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 character's thoughts and the writing of the story and i have to agree very much with uh <laughs> with darren here and i think that's a fabulous idea it's like hey magus come here yeah uh Meltzer? she likes lilacs you just walk away no you totally missed the point of that no yes well, the he, characters themselves wouldn't know. Yeah, I know. That's a player character telling Magus to come to him. Hey, Magus, come here. I want you to no, know something. No, no. no? The, the other player, the, the characters themselves don't, don't know, know that Magus likes Eltra. The, the players no, the do. the player characters know. do. But, no, the, but the, the characters players know. The characters don't. Yeah. Oh. So, oh, so they're playing into it without them knowing it? They're playing into it without their characters <laughs> knowing. So it, it to the characters, it's pure happenstance, right? But to the players, they know, like, well, we'll take this one over, this room over here. You two take that room. It's kind of nonchalantly. Another good example would be um, if uh, you have a fear of spiders. If Brandon has a fear of spiders and we're all going into this, this big cavern and we start to see webs everywhere. Um, you're, you're the ranger, right, uh, Brandon? Uh, would you scout out ahead for any dan- dangers? I'm really, I'm really concerned about all these spider webs. What? <laughs> well, you, it's, that's your job here in our group, right? To scout ahead, and who knows what kind of creepy crawlies could be on the ceiling. <laughs> you know, you set up that that scenario that you that would be reasonable. In this case, your character is the scout, so yeah. it would be expected of you them not knowing that you are deathly afraid of spiders. So I think this is wonderful. <laughs> so that's just a great way for it to come forward, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and and that you you nailed it right on the head. That then becomes to the forefront of the stories. He just he walks into the dark, and a minute later you just hear screaming. Ah! Ah! He comes back running. What happened? Is there thing up there? Something brushed my leg. <laughs> um, I, but but it brings it to the forefront, and I think that that's fantastic, and it's just an amazing amazing uh, opportunity to enhance your story. I love that he uh, that Darren considers okay. all the players co-writers. That's fantastic. Or how I. Often said that my halfling monk doesn't know how to read, but he won't admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says we go left. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. He just crumbles up the paper and sticks it in his pocket. Okay. Hmm. This is very good information, and we also know this. You know what? You should read this in further detail. <laughs> They're all on the same page. <laughs> I like stuff like that. Um, so this is a fantastic tip. Uh, thank you, uh, Darren. This is a grocery list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I didn't mean to hand that to you. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> there is a link to the original art article and all of the rest of his uh, awesome uh, comments uh, in our show notes, so definitely check that out. That is our player tip of the podcast. Don't, Don't be, be a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by sharing your secrets. You know what's funny about that is that's our player tip of the podcast. 
that has become a trigger in my mind. Even if I'm not paying attention, if I hear that, I instantly go to, don't be a dick! Don't, don't, don't be a dick! Get, <laughs> We're going to test that now. I'm just get, randomly say. You know, this information <laughs> in this book might be very important. What do you think? This is gay poetry. <laughs> um, all right, so before we close out our show today, we have one last gift to give away. Compliments of our buddy and sponsor, Jeff Stevens. A small village, empty of villages except for one boy, found <laughs> sitting and weeping. Next to a jester's pageant wagon, uh, the boy explains that the village no, followed a jester oh, into the wagon and never came out. What madness could the adventurers face? Can they save the villagers, or will they go mad trying? <laughs> Can you survive the madhouse of Tasha's kiss? I never noticed that. Can they survive the madness? <laughs> well, it's because I think I played it once, and we just started playing it on our things. It was always added later. Who's our winner today? Our winner today is P. Shields. I'm sorry. Wow. God damn it. Brandon just violated the Geneva Convention. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking tear gas. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, <laughs> P-Shields. If you enjoyed the adventure, please make sure to leave Jeff Stevens a review. Oh, damn. Oh, Jesus. Like I said, chemical warfare. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Good thing Christ already risen, because if the, that shit was in the air, he certainly wouldn't have got up. <laughs> he just opens that bowler. It smells like shit. <laughs> he just shuts it. Closes it back up. Tombs himself. All right, that'll do it for our show today. Please join us in our next episode. We will be discussing artifacts of the guild. We have special guests coming on. I'm super excited ding, ding. to talk about this. This is another huge community product, uh, much like Monsters of the Guild. So look forward to that. Ding, ding. That'll be our ding, last ding. episode before we go live to everyone. Wow. That's <laughs> exciting. Um, actually, I... So- Actually, on the side of the game, I think the most hilarious moment so far was we found like this like a sphere embedded inside like a, a dragon skull. Uh-huh. I'm like, and my fourth barbarian rolled extremely low to figure out what that was, and it was it's elf crap. Get <laughs> <laughs> the uh, wizard then walked up, cast identify on it. It was a legendary dragon slaying spear made by elves. <laughs> Could have walked away without it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was elf crap. It just happened to be good elf crap. <laughs> <laughs> um. If you have any feedback on our tips and tricks or topics you would like us to discuss, please send them to us. You can email them to us at critacademy at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook at Crit Academy. We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a, hopefully, five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice. Or just send us a message telling us how much you enjoy the show. We like those. Yeah. Also, be sure to give us a like and a share. Um, If you want to support the show, there is a plethora of ways to do it. You can become a Patreon supporter. We have added a plethora of new content. Every person that automatic, if you become a a gold tier member, you automatically get a free copy of our Unearthed Tips and Tricks book. And while you're a member, you also get access to any new content, including our recent release. 
Um, so definitely uh, check that out. As of this recording, it is the uh, Path of the Brawler. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, you can buy products through our, our, our Twitch and, and uh, Streamlabs uh, links. Go over to CritAcademy.com slash – or go to Twitch.tv slash CritAcademy and there's a store there. You can go to CritAcademy.com and click on the shopping and check out all the new shirts and shit and all the really cool dope-ass uh, fat loots we got there. Um, even buying the books right through our Amazon uh, affiliates links really sen- sends us a few bucks. So do that. Um, Brandon takes uh, art commissions. You can find uh, the prices and stuff on our Facebook page. Yeah. And ma- of course, make sure you subscribe uh, to our show at CritAcademy.com so we can help you on your future adventures. You'll also be entered to win cool prizes there each and every week. Following us on Twitch and subscribing on YouTube also will get you entered in the running to win products. So definitely do that. It's significant. Uh, each one is considered an individual entry. So if you enter to all three, you will get three times the chance to win. So definitely do that. Got it, Pookie. Huh? Also on our website, you will find links to our fellowship members. Um, we have a really great, great uh, community of content creators, D&D Character Lab. Uh, they made this amazing con- uh, Wombo's Guide to Combos for you to check out their podcast every single week. They argue, they create their babies and argue their characters' validity against each other and against a predefined set of criteria that just uh, cracks you up like Burninator. Uh, Our buddies over at the Inner Party Conflict, Gabe and Jeff, do an awesome job answering your questions. Uh, We will be a a guest on one of their shows uh, soon. I'm not sure when it'll release by this product, but uh, or by when this episode goes live. But definitely check that out. That recording will be this Tuesday. Uh, I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Brandon. I'm your co-host, Ian. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Make more hog. Ha 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 ha.